I'm Arya Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We are back with WNBA stocks, where Owen Pence and I check the market in the WNBA as of today, August 8th. our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider that's patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com you're looking to get tickets for the upcoming WNBA playoffs or maybe one of the final WNBA regular season games thanks to our sponsor TickPick you don't have to worry. The original no-fee ticketing site, official ticketing partner of the WNBA champion Chicago Sky. Use the link T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com backslash Winsider. That's TickPick.com backslash Winsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for anything. Honestly, anything. Search it. It's there. Owen, we're back. WNBA stocks. Checking the pulse on the market as of today, August 8th. It's been a little bit of a, a up and down season for a lot of teams. The, the un, I don't know, there's some stock term here. The markets have been wild. The, the, I don't know. Oh, and hit me with the stock term. I, I'm the wrong guy to ask for this. Maybe the fluctuation of the market will, will make Thank us you. sound smart. Uh, but, but that's about as far as I can go. I'm excited because, uh, when we record next week at this time, uh, we will know the eight teams in the playoffs, which has, you know, been a, a source of much fascination and conversation for many weeks now. And still no resolution with just a week to go in the regular season. We still have teams seven through 11 separated by a single game. It's pretty remarkable and sets up quite nicely for the league to, to have, you know, much intrigue here on the final seven days of uh, the regular season. And finally, you can get your games on the Roku. There's a WNBA app now for Roku. So check that out. Uh, the term I was looking for is a volatile market. It's been a volatile market for many of these teams that we're going to be discussing this week. Um, but let's let's take you down memory lane, as it were. Six weeks ago, we had New York and Seattle up and Dallas and Atlanta down five weeks ago. Chicago, Minnesota up. Phoenix, Las Vegas down four weeks. New York and L.A. up. Indy and Seattle down three weeks ago. Minnesota and Atlanta down. Vegas and New York up two weeks ago. New York and Minnesota down. Connecticut and Phoenix up. And last week we had Atlanta and L.A. down and Dallas and D.C. up. Uh, last week of the season, last regular season stock. Uh, Owen, up or down first? I'm going to do up because this is the, the first time that we've allowed ourselves to do this this season where we have a repeat team going in the same direction back-to-back weeks. I think you know many of our episodes this, this year um, 
we've had a team go up one week and then the next week they're down. That's fairly common in this league because as we, we mentioned, ad nauseum and really any coach will tell you that, you know, as cliche as it is, there's no easy games in this league. It's so competitive. It's so compact that, you know, one week you can be on the up and up. Next week, things are, are seeming to fall apart. But what we haven't done this year and what I really was hesitant to do unless the situation truly called for it was to give a team the nod on uh, stock up one week and then put them right back in the same position the next week. But it's fairly clear to me that the Dallas Wings are, are deserving of this uh, of this honor, if you will, uh, being the first team back to back to just be on the up and up a team that really, I think, encapsulates or has in the last handful of years encapsulated what you're talking about, about the volatility of the market, where, you know, a game that they're expected to win, they will lose. And then a game that they're expected to lose, they'll go out and win. And you just never know what to make of this team. And finally, they've really, at the perfect time, gained some semblance of consistency. And it's the right type of consistency where where they've peeled off four straight wins to really separate themselves from the the pack of teams competing for the last three playoff spots where now it's like, you know, barring miracle, uh, it's, it's teams competing for the last two playoff spots. Dallas is, is, you know, firmly in the playoffs at this point. And, um, and I think we got to start with Tierra McCowan, who I mentioned last week, but it just bears repeating. She was just named the player of the week and really has seemed to, to turn this team completely around um, at the starting center position, I think that, uh, you know, in, in, uh, their win over Las Vegas, um, on, I believe that was Thursday night, uh, you know, just kind of going toe to toe with, with an MVP candidate in Asia Wilson, she's putting up, you know, numbers that she would put up in Indiana, even dating back to her rookie season. But now it's like every night we've kind of come to expect, 15 points, 15 rebounds from her. Um, and it, 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 she fits perfectly on this team. Another person I want to mention is Veronica Burton, who, who is a rookie and uh, who's, you know, on off numbers and advanced lineup numbers are really exceptional for, for someone who whose box score stats might not jump off the page at you. Veronica Burton quietly has had a really, really impressive rookie season and now she's kind of being thrust into a larger role where it's not just her her you know exceptional on-ball defense that is that is uh you know been apparent but it's also her ability to run the offense we saw with Arike Gumbawale out earlier this week they ran out a lineup with both Veronica Burton and Ty Harris you know two people who who basically have played point guard their entire lives uh and then Alicia Gray, Kayla Fortin and McCowan it was a lineup that I loved watching. It had so much two-way kind of dynamic potential where everyone could defend in the lineup. Everyone was kind of, you know, contributing on the offensive end. And um, and this is a team, as again, as cliche as it sounds, that no one's going to want to play in the playoffs. So, you know, four wins in a row, the sixth seed right now, a team that whether they draw Connecticut, whether they draw Las Vegas, whether it's someone else, uh, it's going to be a fearsome first round out. And I think really the only question remaining, which I'm sure you'll touch on here, is can this team reach its fullest potential 
with Arike playing because what we saw when she was out last week, as much as I really love and adore her game and her as a person, is that occasionally it seems like when she's out, things really fall into place. And that's what we saw with that lineup with with Harris, Burton, Gray, um, Thornton, and, and McCowan was that, that the ball was just whizzing back and forth. Everyone was defending and, and they seemed to, to just be clicking on all cylinders. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, look, the, the fact of the matter is, and this gives me joy to say this because it's been a, you know, I've been standing on this soapbox screaming it for years. It's not about having the most talented roster. I said it before the aces. I said the aces weren't going to win a championship when they had Liz and that whole team. Cause it's not about having the most talented roster. It's about having the puzzle pieces that fit together. Okay. You know, you can have, I almost went down a really dark rabbit hole of making a puzzle uh, metaphor that wasn't going to work. So I stopped myself. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what it really boils down to. Obviously, Enrique is a franchise player, but when you replace uh, her skill set with capable other players who are making the players around them better, um, I don't know. I mean, heck, I'll just say it. I don't believe Enrique makes the players around her better. Um, and often it slows down the pace of their offense and they just you know, don't look as steady and people just kind of stand around watching Enrique move because they know they're not touching the ball. Um, it's pretty much that simple. Now, you know, are, is their stock rising now? Yes. Is that maybe short term? Um, I'm not going to sit here and be a jerk and, and wish upon any injury about anybody. Um, so God willing, hopefully, you know, uh, the stars will align and Enrique will be back in what I think she's, questionable for this upcoming game or out for this game, but questionable for the next game. I mean, the, the end of the day is like, can Enrique step back, take a look in a mirror, take a look at what this team has done while she's been out and say, okay, I need to change something about myself to make my team better or not. And if the answer is not, I think we see a first round exit from this Dallas wings team. Um, as, as you said, they're pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot, even if they lose out the last four games um, just the way that, you know, shameless plug to the Windsider show that I did earlier today with Rachel, just literally breaking down um, and predicting what's going to happen the rest of the season. When I look at it, I see a very high possibility um, of multiple, multiple teams. Those teams being Phoenix, New York, Minnesota, and heck, even maybe, maybe, maybe uh, LA and Atlanta, but not LA, I don't expect, but Atlanta, Phoenix, New York, and Minnesota might all finish uh, with the same record. Dallas isn't really necessarily in that. And if my numbers are correct, Dallas would, even if they lose out, would still be uh, one game ahead of that whole grouping. So Dallas is essentially uh, in the playoffs. And at this point, I think it's much more a case of this team getting together. And honestly, maybe somebody stepping up and saying to Enrique, like, look at what we're doing. Add to that. Don't take away from it. Um, you're obviously the person we want to have the ball in her hands with the shot clock or, you know, the game expiring game three, early playoff, whatever it is, you don't, you want to find a way to use Enrique to the advantage of this Dallas wings team. That's been surging recently. Um, so I totally get what you're saying. Uh, and I think it's going to be interesting, right? It's a, it's, it's kind of a clashing of the franchise player superstar. Uh, and I mean, this is the drama. This is the narrative, the storylines that people love in sports, right? Like, what do you do? And then all off season, no matter what happens, we get to debate about if Vicky Johnson did the right thing. So it's going to be a fun off season, no matter what, with these Dallas wings on um, my up team as no surprise. Uh, I think to anybody is going to be the Minnesota Lynx this week. Um, ups and downs. 
But to have Nafisa Collier come back, um, to go on that little bit of a, a run, right, where they beat Atlanta, then they beat the Sparks, and they lose to the Storm, then they beat Atlanta again. They are in the thick of things right now. Obviously, looking at the rest of the schedule, they're going to have to go 2-1 and one at worst um, if they want a legitimate shot at the playoffs, just based on how we break it down. But to have Nafisa back, um, obviously they take the hit of Powers being out. Nafisa did not look 100%, but to kind of get her leg, leg, sea legs, uh, game legs, whatever it is, uh, to get herself ready back and playing is a huge boost for the confidence and 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 kind of the workload for this team. The thing that I think was the most impactful in the game last night with uh, Atlanta and Minnesota was more so the calm. You know, you always worry for teams uh, who they're going to look for with with Connecticut. We kind of always talk about this, like who they're going to look for in the moments to lead them. Um, and obviously with Connecticut, it's a little bit more about the shot, but, but with Minnesota, it, the Kayla McBride just looks so much more calm. Mariah Jefferson looks so much more calm, um, in, in the last game than we've seen in a while. And, and I want to chalk that up to feet. Uh, and you know what? This Minnesota Lynx team is in a push and I'm not going to lie. I'm, it's going to be tough for them to beat one of the games against Seattle and Connecticut. Uh, Phoenix shouldn't be a problem for them, but Hey, if they want to make the playoffs, if they want to give Sill one last ride of at least two more games after the regular season and keep that playoff streak alive, you know, buy into the system. I'm buying in. I love it. I don't have too much else to add. You know, you're you're the. I just ranted. Well, sorry. that's exactly <laughs> what we love from you when when the Minnesota Lynx are the topic, um, and and you know I completely agree. I think basically the one thing I want to say which you already already covered here is just how remarkable and amazing and awesome is it that fee came back for the end of the season. She absolutely mm-hmm. did not have to do that. I would, I would, you know, venture to say that the majority of professional athletes, if placed in her situation and, and looking at, at the playoff picture and, and this and that, and, you know, Minnesota's not going to win the title this year, they would say, all right, you know what, I, I'm going to start my rehab, but I'm going to, uh, I, I'm going to wait till next season. I, I have a, a newborn who's not even three months old yet. I'm going to, I'm going to take it easy and I'm going to work my way back into things slowly. And absolutely no one would have, would have had anything to say about that um, negatively because who could possibly blame you? But fee is, is wired in a way in which she wants to come back and compete and she sees her teammate Sylvia Fowles, who who is about to retire, who's the greatest center in league history, who is just go go go, who's go, just go. exceptional in 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 every sense of the word, um and and deserves all the flowers. Uh, she she sees her playing her final handful of games in the league and says, you know what, I want to be a part of this. I want to come back. And hey, maybe we can make our way into the playoffs. And you know what? If we don't, at least we got to share those final few games together on the court. The fact that she returned less than three months after giving birth is just incomprehensible to me. And and who cares, you know, whether she she's playing well or not. And sure, she she doesn't look like the the MVP candidate fee who who we saw in year two in the league. Um but guess what? She she still made a really, really positive, strong impact. Got a steal, got a block, knocked down a three. Like, I just don't understand how someone is capable of doing that. And I just couldn't give her any more credit. Um, 
and 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 really just think it's phenomenal and a really cool way for this team to end the season regardless of if they make the playoffs or not and then i mean the other thing you you must mention here um uh, other than the obvious which is that sills an absolute legend and and we're gonna miss watching her play uh is that if you look at the teams between seven and 11 the five teams competing for for these final two playoff spots Minnesota has pretty clearly the best point differential. They're the closest to, to an even point differential of any of the teams, better than Los Angeles, Atlanta, New York, and Phoenix. And so while the odds are kind of stacked against them right now, that their final three games, they still have to play uh, Seattle and Connecticut in addition to Phoenix. So it's a, it's a tall order if they're going to make the playoffs here in this final week. But um, if they do, and even if they don't, I think, it, it, it bears mentioning that this team uh, had the point differential of one of the last few playoff teams. And, and because, you know, they were so shorthanded at the start of the season, as many teams are, um, they just suffered a lot of really tough, difficult, close losses. And that is what has come back to bite them and make them, you know, kind of playing from behind here from the standpoint of the playoffs. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter if they make the playoffs. It would be really cool for Syl to make it one final time. She's already won championships. She's she's won MVPs. She's got nothing to prove. And I love that they're stock up this year and kind of ending their season on such a positive note, you know, with a, a, a fairly full uh, strength roster here because, you know, that's that's how Syl, Syl deserves to retire. And you know what? At the end of the day, I'll put it blankly, like Minnesota has 20 losses right now. And the last two, the three teams above them have 19. So if minute, hey, control your destiny, right? Like, yeah, you need Atlanta, Phoenix and New York. You need two of those teams to lose one game in their last game. And and you need to win out. But like control your destiny. You win out. I think it's totally realistic. Obviously, that's tall order, as you said, but I think it's totally realistic for those teams to lose one and it all would be a tie. Um, great points. Always, always Owen. Um, for those that don't know, we've been hosting some WNBA watch parties using a cool new platform called Playback. We're all able to watch together with no spoilers. We've been doing some fun giveaways, vintage WNBA jerseys, posters, WNBA Top Shot. It's free to sign up. It literally takes two minutes. It's the easiest thing ever. It's a lot of fun. A great, cool way to watch. Um, we bring on reporters who have insight on the teams. We bring on elite basketball minds. We're going to be doing, I believe, sneak uh, sneak peek, preview, uh, announce it, breaking news, whatever. We're going to be doing a doubleheader on Wednesday. We have two important, important WNBA games coming up that really can define the seeding in the playoffs uh, with New York and Dallas playing and Minnesota and the Phoenix Mercury playing. I'm excited to see what happens with it. I know you are. Let's talk about the other side of the coin, right? The down team. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, I'll go first because this is a team that uh, we haven't discussed much. And in fact, in Slack, uh, when we were figuring out earlier today, which teams to to select and talk about this week, uh, you know, we had a very friendly, cordial disagreement. I swore it, Owen, many yeah, times. I got cursed out. It, it, was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was tough to come back from, but you know what? I'm a team player. I'm, I'm here on the pod. No, it was, you know, it was, it was all in, uh, in good fun. But this- it, it was our Skylar Diana moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Um, but basically, the idea was, does Indiana 
are they allowed to be the downstock when it's essentially a cop-out? And, and Arya's point, which I completely understand, is that it's a bit of a cop-out to have Indiana as, as my down team. My retort was that we can't act as if they're not there just because they stink. And we've, you know, we've discussed many of these teams a ton that are, that are on the back and forth. I I would say, I don't have the numbers, but I would say that, you know, Dallas and Atlanta and um, Minnesota and Los Angeles, these are teams that we've been talking about almost every other week on the podcast. Indiana, we gave, you know, some credit earlier in, in the season and then they were on the downslope once they started losing. And then we've basically, you know, ceased talking about them. And so I wanted to bring them in this week as the downstock, really not as much to rag on them um, as to just discuss them here before we move on to the playoffs and kind of forget about them until, until the draft. So they are my down team. They've lost 16 games in a row, which is fairly unbelievable uh and and i'm sure quite difficult just from a human perspective if you're on the team i mean everyone knows they're rebuilding everyone knows they're tanking if you're a player on the team if you're danielle robinson if you're emma cannon victoria vivian's just you know WNBA vets uh really really good basketball players it's not fun to lose 16 games in a row and to kind of be a joke and you know it's 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 just like most of these games they're getting absolutely trounced um, it's also to the point where losing is not advantageous to them anymore. They've secured the best lottery odds. The lottery odds are not going to get better. Losing, continuing to lose is doing nothing. And that's why I was, I was disappointed on their behalf when they lost an overtime to Dallas the other night, because that probably was their best shot at getting a win this year. They, they have two games remaining. They're both against Washington. Who knows if EDD is going to play in either of those games. There's a chance Washington, you know, is secure in the fourth or fifth spot and doesn't um, play its starters for one of those games. But honestly, with the way Seattle and Washington are kind of uh, going back and forth at the four and five seeds, I would venture to say it's, it's more than likely that you'll get a lot of the good Washington players on those last two games and that Indiana ends the season on an 18 game losing streak, which just is really rough from a a morale standpoint. But the other thing I want to mention here before I I, uh, toss it to you is that there has been some good amid the bad. If you look at the last four games, three of the last four, Destiny Henderson, finally, it's what I've been talking about all season. Whenever finally got to bring up Indiana is that she finally got to play extended minutes. Uh, If you look at the last three games, she played 23 minutes, 31 then she played nine against Atlanta, and then she played 27 awesome minutes against Dallas in that heartbreaker the other night. She was she was the, the team's best plus minus, um, was just a huge factor in, in every facet. I mean, that team's not in, that game wasn't even in overtime. A hundred percent. I mean, she is the reason that, that it went that far, which to me is kind of a double-edged sword because on one hand, it's like, yes, finally, we also got to see Lexi Hull start and score 17 points and play really well, which was awesome. Uh, These are great developments, but it just brings me back to what I've been saying all year, which was how in the world did this not happen earlier? How did Destiny Henderson's minute totals fail to eclipse 10 minutes in the majority of, of, you know, her games 
the 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 previous whatever 10 before before this little stretch even in that Atlanta game that's wedged between those two where she played 31 and 27 minutes why is she only playing nine minutes in a game where Kelsey Mitchell is out for the season you know and and Danielle Robinson who is one of the best people in the WNBA and a really solid veteran but who will not factor into their future plans if they hope to win a title, you know, five years down the line with a, with a young core and all these rookies. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is great that it's, that it's happening, but why did it take so long to happen? Uh, last note on Indiana here, Nalissa Smith, really kind of an underrated, awesome rookie season. She's averaging nearly oh, yeah. 14 points, eight rebounds and shooting 38% from three She's the number two overall pick. We really just haven't discussed her because, again, Indiana is the one team that is really just not competitive in the league. But, uh, I mean, Alyssa Smith, great building block. Kelsey Mitchell had an all-star you know, caliber season, even though she didn't make the game. Uh, Henny's looking good. Lexi Hall is finally starting to gain traction. So they're my downstock. The, the morale, you know, it's got to be rough in that locker room. But there are reasons for hope moving forward. It's just a little frustrating that we didn't get to see this earlier. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I just want to make a point that there wasn't an all-star game this year. I mean, there was a game in Chicago, but uh, <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. Also, I just find it hilarious because that was like the first time I ever saw any, like anything um, out of Nygaard. Uh Yeah, no, completely agree with everything you said. I think there's definitely some positive points. Um, the thing I'm really looking at Indiana now is you have a competent GM. Uh, you have someone who's experienced and been there. What's the next moves, right? Because if you if you look at Atlanta and Indiana, both teams that came into this game bottom of the league, right? For the past few seasons, we know what to expect. the The narrative, the the outlook moving forward, um, the long term stock for Atlanta all season because they had that hot start was, Oh man, this is good. This is so good. What are they going to do? Like we know they're going to be, you know, cutting that roster in half and then rebranding, rebuilding, but they're finding pieces that they can use um, and, and build around. Now, now we know, you know, Ryan Howard is a superstar is a, a franchise player and you have to as a franchise player too. So like you're looking at this team and you're seeing, okay, they have the tools to build moving forward. Now we flip it on to Indiana. The question is, can we get that same narrative, right? Can they get a good coach hire who's going to invigorate the youth in this team? And can they get on track? Um, it does not look like they're doing that right now. But I will say, as you pointed out, like short term, yeah, this team's been trash. Uh, 16 straight losses, possibly 18 straight, like you said, just an abysmal season. Um, but it might be a long term positive that now they know what's going on. They can get some of these horrible contracts off their books um, and hopefully, hopefully uh, steer the ship properly during this off season. So maybe, maybe during the off season, we'll have Indiana as a stock up team when we do some random, uh, you know, when moves happen throughout the off season, I feel like we're gonna have to chime back in and do some stocks. Uh, my team might be a shocker. It might not. If you know me, cause you know, I love to hate um, Washington mystics are my down team. Now you might look at me and go, Arya, since this last recording, you know, they beat the number one team in the league. They swept them. Or sorry, not the number one team anymore. <laughs> number two team in the league, Las Vegas Aces. They swept them. They beat them by 10 handedly. It was amazing. Yes. But then they lose to the number one team by 10. Then they lose to LA with Deladon back, right? Like you can make some excuses of Deladon's not here, not there. 
the reason their stock is down right now is they're volatile, right? They're up and down. There is no consistency. And what and it's no longer as simple. And we've kind of touched on this throughout the season, but it's no longer as simple as saying Deladon's not there. This team isn't good. Deladon is there. This team is good. We saw a perfect example of that last night uh, where Deladon just couldn't hit any shots. This team really struggled um, to, to convert anything. Um, and, you know, the, the frustrations were obviously high. The refereeing sucks in this league. We get that. Um, you know, like, what, what's new? The thing is, is like, what we've seen is this team relies on Deladon when she's there too much. It's almost like they need a couple games either with her or without her to get into a rhythm. And the problem and the question that I have is, yes, you're playing the fever to end the season twice. That's great, right? One away game, one home game, last home game to end the game, end the season right at home. So nice. You're going to the playoffs. So nice. You want good seating uh, so you can get those home games during the playoffs. So nice. The issue that I have and why I'm not even going with a short-term down stock for, for the Mystics, I'm going long-term down stock for the rest of the season, that is. Um, heck, because what happens if Deladon has to miss one playoff game? To me, that ruins that game and the next game. Um, and in a best-of-three series that they're going to be in, that's a huge deal. Uh, so for me, it's as simple as that. This this team uh, is in the same situation we've seen all year, and their highs have been great, best defense in the league. Their lows have been bad, losing to the LA Sparks at home. Here's here's the thing I, I want to mention, is that, as you said, uh, earlier this season, a lot of what we focused on with Washington is how do they play when Deladon is in the lineup? How do they play when she's not playing? And it's been a fairly stark contrast where they are a top-level team when she's in the lineup, and they are fairly middling when she's not, despite the fact that a lot of the individual performances of this team outside of Deladon have really been exceptional. They've got a very deep, talented roster of capable players um, to 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 really, you know, carry the the weight in her absence. What would worry me, and I don't want to overreact to a two-game sample here, but what worries me right now is the fact that she arguably had her two worst games of the season in her last two. The the 10-point win over Vegas was great. They've been great against Vegas this year. Um, their defense really was, was stunningly good there down the stretch against the Aces, who could just create nothing offensively. Deladon went one for seven shooting. Then she takes off the Chicago game, which is on the road, and then plays at home against Los Angeles in a in a loss against a team that was really sputtering. And she shoots two for 12. Now, I'm not going to overreact to the two-game sample because Deladon has been playing at essentially an MVP level when she's been available this year. She's been exceptional. But it's fair to wonder for someone with a with a chronic health issue uh, and someone who has really had to to pick her spots this year, um, which which has been a hundred percent the right move. It's extremely smart, and and we're just lucky and grateful to see her play in any capacity. But one has to wonder, you know, now with a, with an accumulation of games here down the stretch, even though she hasn't been playing, you know, the majority of road games, will she have enough juice to really bring it? in a best of three against Seattle, because that is who they're going to have to play. They're going to have to play Jewel Lloyd and Stewie and, and the storm. 
And, um, and I really think that, you know, if EDD is anything less than her MVP level self, which she has been up until this past week, uh, that Washington, you know, is right on an even playing field with Seattle. But if Deladon is starting to show just a little bit of, of, of fatigue and is missing some of these shots, then that becomes a real issue because then you're going up against a team with one of the two top MVP candidates in Stewie and you don't have a person to kind of match her. And so that's what would what would worry me right now is that, you know, that four or five matchup is going to be the most competitive first round series. And if you want to to beat Seattle, you got to have your star and then you have everyone else fall into place around her. Because let's be real, Ariel Atkins has been exceptional. Natasha Cloud is an amazing point guard. Shakira Austin, they they knocked it out of the park with that move. Just a, a, a beautiful situation for Washington to be in where they have a, a, a potential lottery pick this coming year in the draft. And they just landed Shakira, who's going to be one of the best bigs in this league for a long, long time. She is just such a two-way force and has really been a bright spot in this kind of week that, uh, that as you said, they, they've finally experienced some turbulence here. But it all comes down to EDD and whether she has enough juice for the playoffs. And I'm not, you know, it's 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 useless speculating one way or the other, but it must be at least discussed when we're talking about Washington because that is the ultimate question mark right now. And the last two games were a little worrisome in that regard. Yeah, and uh, for anyone who's like, hey, R.A., you talked about playback, but you didn't give us the link. It's getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider again that's getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider we're gonna scrap Stockwatch and just say there's a few teams on Stockwatch. it's the dallas wings atlanta dream phoenix mercury new york liberty minnesota Lynx, and heck even the la sparks that's all for this episode of WNBA stocks we'll be back next week with WNBA stocks where myself Arya schwartz and my partner in crime owen pence discuss where the market is in the WNBA.